My scripture this morning is taken from Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 through 30. And if you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles in the New Testament section in page 185. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And I, I do not know which I prefer. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this... I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith. So that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that where I, whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is the evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing. For he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw, I had, and now hear that I still have. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. When I first started in ministry, I started out in a town that you all may have known, known as Thomas, Oklahoma. It was my very first experience with rural Oklahoma. I, I grew up in big cities, and I, I say big cities, but compared to Thomas, uh, there's a lot of towns that are considered big. And, and I remember going to this church, and my, my minister friend, Richmond Adams, asking me to be the youth director at this church. And I was, I mean, I was stupid young. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I was 18 uh, with uh, just these great, great goals. Um, and then I remember going to this going, I have no idea what I'm doing in any way, shape, or form. And... Uh, the very first lesson I had with the youth group was this. I said, well, what do you guys want to talk about? And the first thing they said was, Josh, what is the meaning of life? What? Are you kidding me? I mean, I, in, in my head, I'm like, I, I was trying to be sarcastic because you all know my sense of humor. And at that point... I had watched uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and read the book, and the answer at the end of the movie is 42. That's the uh, answer to the meaning of life. And, and then I was constantly reminded about all of these sages and all of these people that 
that, that just have this constant goal of trying to decide what is the meaning of life. And I, and I remember at that time exactly thinking, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. And then I did the, 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 the youth minister thing and said, well, what do you think it is? You see, for them, growing up in a rural community, they all started out farmers. And they knew that when they graduated from high school, if they graduated from high school, they most likely were going to work on the farm because that's, that's what you do. The idea of going to college was so far out of their minds that they, they never even thought that that was a possibility. But if they did go to college, it would be like to, uh, a Votech or it would be to something to the nature to help out on the farm. That was their whole life. And that was the life of generations before them. And it would be generations after them. And here comes this big city kid. Uh, making a joke about a movie that they had already watched. A thousand, thousands of uh, sages have asked and tried to answer this question, but very few of them have come to the answer that we hear in this lesson from Paul, because for Paul's answer, it is simple. To live is Christ. Now what we understand about Philippians is, is by the time this is written, he's, he's aged. He's a, he's a veteran missionary. He's a soldier for Christ. And he sums up his entire existence with four words. To live is Christ. This is Paul's reason for clinging to life for a bit longer. And, and, he, and he adds to the progress. And, and, and he goes to add to your progress and joy and faith. This is why he continues to live. In the second paragraph of his lesson, Paul seeks to transfer some of this courageous spirit to his recipients. And he paints a vision of what he hopes will be said in the future about them. That they too have stood firm and resolute, formed a united front for the purpose of serving Christ, even in the face of suffering. This idea of living and dying. This idea that with our death, there's something that comes meaningful from it. To live is Christ. There's a reality here that I don't think we ever really talk about. Um, we're all going to die. It's inevitable. There's medical technology can keep us alive longer, but at the end of the day, we're, we're going to die. And Paul is talking about this in such a way that he is taking every moment to say to this group in Philippi, uh, I'm not always going to be with you. I'm not even there physically with you right now, but if you want to know the meaning of life today, it's so that we live to live is Christ, and I get to live in such a way that honors and celebrates all of you with everything that we do. Now, it's interesting, because not too long before this, dying 
was a way for some to get permanent relief from troubles. It was a common conclusion from ancient philosophers such as Socrates and, uh, and Aristotle. I mean, they, they are the ones that coined the phrase, when I die and I leave this earth's mortal coil. You might have heard that phrase also repeated by Shakespeare. This, this idea of dying as a relief from pain was very prominent in the, in the Greek philosopher's understanding. But Paul twists it. What if dying isn't necessarily a bad thing? What if dying is, a, is not just a cessation of troubles, but it's a way to honor Christ? You see, his relationship is so intimate with Christ that he, he seeks a way to honor Christ through any means and in whatever context he finds himself. For him, death is a definite gain in Paul's thinking if such a grand exit will provide a new way to magnify Christ. This, this leads to scary thinking. I, I say this quite often, and I don't think people really believe me, but I, I want you to know that one of my favorite things to do as a minister is uh, a celebration of life, or what most people call funerals. Uh, I, 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 I love every, every minute of it. Uh, it um, there's this moment that we get to talk ab about the family. You see, this is, this is how I, I do this, and, and some of you have experience this and and so uh, when when i get the chance to meet with the family we come together to plan the service but for me it's really about planning the sermon and what i want to know is this i want to know the person sitting in the pew i want them to get a glimpse a, a sliver a, an image of what that person's life was like because we're celebrating that person right there at that moment. We, we, we can mourn and grieve their death and their separation from us. But at that moment, we're celebrating what they left and the legacy that they give to us by their stories. That's the opportunity for us to talk about their journey in faith. Sometimes it's really easy to talk about their faith experience and, and their baptisms and and all of the things that they did in the name of God. And then sometimes, well, we have to dig a little bit deeper. And it's in those places, though, that I get to sit with these families and I say to them, I want you to tell me the story of your beloved. Tell, tell me everything you want me to know. Tell me about how you met them. Tell, tell me about holidays tell me about your favorite experiences with them and in that little bit of moment there's this ball of energy that gets created that is cannot be defined in any other way shape or form other than divine it's that place where the holy spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words and there there Christ is magnified in such a way that regardless of what the world thinks or regardless of what everybody else in the family thinks, in that brief 
brief moment, we feel the presence of God in such a way that we get to live in Christ. And Christ is magnified in that beautiful moment. It's still hard. I know that to live in Christ, it changes the way that we live, look at our priorities and our, our schedules, how, how we would honestly finish this sentence is, what would you have said if Christ was standing next to you? It's interesting when you think about it, the way that our culture looks at death. If you watch TV, for example, it happens as if it never really existed. Like you're watching people die that you're committed to on television, and then you see them in another television show 15 minutes later. I mean, have you ever really put that together? I, I, think, I think about this quite a bit. If, if any of you are watching uh, different... Um, well, my, my family likes the, what's that show called? It's the one about the firefighter, Carmen, what is it? 911? Uh-huh, yeah. And, and, then, and so all, all of the, the, the fake experiences that I, I get to watch and live vicariously through the fire department, I'm going, yep, that's fake. Yep, that's fake. Nope, that wouldn't happen. That's not true. And then you see this, this person... This person die and get extricated from a car, and then 15 minutes later they're in a commercial for uh, for uh, hair growth stuff. You, you know, it's 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 amazing to me because when you look at television, it's it's as if no one ever really dies. You know, I mean, if you really put it together, there's the way that we look at death on television, and even in in comic book strips, or even in television or radio talk shows, death is just an, an avid thing that takes place and it just, it's just as if it was just a, a flippant moment. And then there's the ancient views of death, which we just talked about, you know. It's a, it's a moment for us to release a pain. Thank you, Socrates and Aristotle, that changed and shaped our entire world, but to think of it in that way, I, I just can't do. But to have that moment, to have that moment where we have Paul's thinking that our legacy, the way that we live our lives, that that grand exit is a way to magnify Christ. Huh. What if the meaning of life was to live every moment to the fullest in the same way Christ did. Think about that for a second. What if the meaning of life for each of us was to follow along in the footsteps of Paul and recognize that as life continues, I have the opportunity to celebrate that with others that when I come to that point at the end of my existence. When my death happens, my death magnifies Christ. And ultimately his resurrection. Oh wait, we got to talk about that. 
We can't just leave it there. We have to talk about the fact that Jesus resurrects. And he says it very clearly. I go to prepare a place of many rooms. If I weren't going to do so, why would I have told you that I'm doing this? And of course, Thomas. Oh, we don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. You can hear Jesus just go, oh my goodness, seriously? Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. I love you, buddy. But, you know, sometimes I just, I just don't know what to do with you. You know the way to the place where I'm going. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's a moment, this beautiful moment of the divine, that we get to hover in and be a part of and share Christ with one another that's beyond anything else in the world. Imagine what the world would look like if all of our meaning of life was to live as Christ. Hmm. It would be a different place. It would be a different message. The way we would worship would change. The way we would share our experiences would be different. And it's in those places that we would also be in those liminal moments of the divine. Let us pray. Almighty God, I, I thank you so much for the moments that we have to share with one another our faith. We ask, O oh God, that you be with us in the ways that you taught Paul so that we are to add our progress and joy in the faith to others. We ask, O oh God, that you would teach us to live as Christ, to move us, to shake us, to make us your vessels of that love. Help us to seek an intimate relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ, in such a way that we honor him in the aspects of the way that we live, but also in the ways that we depart. Be with us, O oh God. Give us a sense of comfort that truly passes all of our understanding. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.